This is exactly right. Beautiful, beautiful, beautifully efficient. Beautiful, beautiful, beautifully efficient work, Scotty. Are you ready to start? I am in the best mood today, and I don't know why. I'm so ready for this episode. Oh, okay. I'm in a pretty, I'm in a pretty damn good mood myself, especially okay. because okay. of this headline. Mm-hmm. Thousands in China are using a special remote to repel quote dancing grannies. Uh, okay. All right. You know, that's the cool thing about China. I have no idea what's going on there at any moment at all. So let's get into it. Bananas. Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, welcome to Bananas. I'm Kurt Browneler. I'm Banana Boy number two, Scotty Landis. Thank you for listening to the silliest little podcast there ever was. I think I'm in a great mood because it rained briefly in Los Angeles. Uh huh. I woke up to the rain. Mm-hmm. Rain in LA. People hate when you tweet about rain in LA, but you guys, you gotta understand. It's a desert here. <laughs> it never rains, and it's like facing your slow death all the time. Rain in L.A. is like going to a party and you walk in and the cutest person there looks at you and you're like, oh, this is going to be something. And then they walk out with someone more attractive than you and you never see him again. You were like, <laughs> this was almost a great thing. And 10 minutes later, it's over. I went. I was so excited that it was like a little cloudy this morning. Yeah. And so I, I dropped the kids off. I am solo dadding for two straight weeks because Lauren this guy. is in uh, in Hawaii shooting NCIS Hawaii. She's got a recurring she, role on it. She's awesome. My she's parents told funny. me they loved her on it. They were like, she's quirky and funny and great. And she I was is? like, yeah, she is. She really is. She's quirky and funny and great and sexy too. It's weird. She's like, she's found a way to be like quirky and sexy and it's very exciting. That's she's her like brand. A, she's like a SWAT. She's like a SWAT team detective or something. Yep. Um, and she's the love interest of like the nerd computer guy and and chris chris hoslett texted mm-hmm. me it's like he's like uh, lauren was great it's almost like she's really used to being in love with a fucking weirdo <laughs> <laughs> well yes but that's huge for her if you've if you don't know lauren cook go back and listen to her. we have a bananas after dark with yes. her it's arguably our best episode uh-huh. bananas ever i we really had a good time we got to do that again so i was excited i, yeah. I had a really hard weekend <laughs> Uh, yes. Gus was like sick and it was just like nonstop marathon with just two kids and, you know, uh-huh. and just working it. So then I dropped them off and I had my I got my 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 gear with me, my backpack, yes, sir. my hiking boots. And I drove into the Angeles National Forest and okay. it was like uh, I was like up in the clouds. Yeah. And I went started for this big hike. I planned on doing like a two hour long hike yep. and uh, get up to like the top of the first peak 
and then it just starts pouring. Oh, like, really? Not just like it had been just like a little light mist, which is like the best hiking weather ever. It's a wonderful feeling. A light mist. Oh, mm. Mm. sign me up. And then it was just a like a, a deluge. <laughs> <laughs> and I did not bring like because you know it, I could have put a a a, a a waterproof something in my bag and I didn't. Sure. And so I was just immediately soaked to the bone and then had like a half hour walk down the mountain. But guess what? Loved mm. every second of it. We're in great moods today. We're, We're in great, great moods. moods. We're glad you're here, guys. Will we'll you have a show? Mm-hmm. Uh, Dynasty typewriter in Los Angeles. Thursday. I think this com- on, on the, yeah, Thursday. So two days from when this is coming out. You can watch the live stream. Even if you live in like Walla Walla, Washington or Kennebunkport, Maine, you can watch us laugh and laugh and laugh, do Bananas Live. We're going to record the podcast. We have a secret guest. Secret guest for the live show in Los Angeles that you should be streaming. You should be streaming. We had our fantastic, I'm I'm assuming it all uh, works out. We had our fantastic guest in... uh, in mm-hmm. Connecticut mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. last Saturday, mm-hmm. which is the future for us, but mm-hmm. the past for us when you're listening. That's really confusing. Mm-hmm, of Daniel Henderson from I Saw What You Did, and she was fantastic. I'm guessing she was fantastic. She crushed know? it. She's she funnier than it. us. We she love her. Hands down. And uh, that's October 28th, Dynasty Typewriter in L.A. Come on out, live stream it. And for anybody that's coming to these shows on our little mini tour, we're going to have a Bananas Confession box at the front of the stage before Mm -hmm. the show. We're going to have pieces of paper and pens for you to write on. But if you want to preload a confession, don't send it to the Instagram. We will reject it if you send it early. This is We're going to pull your real confessions out of the box Read them on stage. We're going to go over it. We're not going to make them anonymous. We anonymous. don't. Because if, if they're not anonymous, you won't go bananas enough. So bananas confessions at our live show. And thanks, everybody, for coming out. And we'll see you all soon. Any farts? Any farts. You want to hear about this special remote? More than anything in my life. This I didn't uh, understand it when you said it. So yeah, I, would I will love read to hear it. More about it. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> I will read it again. Here is the title: Thousands in China are you? Thousands. First off, thousands in China. Thousands are using a special remote to repel quote dancing grannies. All right. Okay. <sighs> this was sent in by Sarah Gossett. Uh, this is on Vice, uh, written by Viola Zhu. This is there's a there's an image there's a picture of the remote. And a picture of the dancing grannies. Holy smokes. Here it goes. Residents who are fed up Mm -hmm. with the noise from China's ubiquitous dancing grannies are resorting to a special device that could mess with the speakers that blast out loud music. They use an infrared remote control dubbed Anti-Square Dancing Magical Device. All right. I love the name right Uh off the bat. To silence the noisy dancing troops Hmm. that have taken over public squares, parks, and housing estates across China. So-called square dancing has in the past... Decades become a huge, in the past decades, become a hugely popular pastime for China's growing senior population, giving the retirees, mostly women, a chance to exercise and make friends at the same time. Sounds Mm -hmm. incredibly pleasant. Yes. But with scarce public spaces in urban China, the loud music 
has become a major nuisance for other residents and led to intense disputes. In 2013, someone in the central city of Wuhan dumped feces on a group of dancing women. Come on. That's met. Nope. They're we're grannies. against it. We're against it. We're for a lot of things here, but we're definitely against dumping feces on no. grandmothers. No, or anyone. Nobody dump feces on anyone unless it's your kink and you're probably German, then go for it. <laughs> if you're you in Frankfurt, live. you can do it. <laughs> not in China and not to the grannies. Not today, anyone. <laughs> and in 2016, a man mm-hmm. in the southern city of Gulan, angered by the noise, shot at a dancing group's loudspeaker oh, with an Not air gun. Not for it. With oh. an air gun and accidentally hit a woman on her still throat. Still hurts. Uh, that still hurts. Uh, mm-hmm. Merchants of the new square dancing repeller are advertising an easier way to stop the noise. The device, priced at $15 to $40 each on shopping site Taobao, resembles a universal remote control and is able to shut down most speakers <laughs> operated <laughs> by infrared signals, according to the vendors. To stop the music, users are instructed to stand close to the loudspeaker they want to target, point the device up towards its control panel, and hold on a, the onto a button for about 15 seconds. Uh, Han Lee, a 19-year-old businessman in the central province of Henan, told Vice World News he had successfully repelled most dancing troops in his neighborhood with the device. Han said he was long bothered by the music broadcast by square dancing groups in the early morning and at night, but reports to local police did not help in March. He purchased the device and started going around, shutting off loudspeakers after 9 p.m. That's reasonable. I'd After say that's reasonable. PM, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, that's okay. You got to if I, if someone set up a loudspeaker in front of my house and blasted it until 9 p.m. Uh, I have children that go to bed at seven, so I would lose my mind. All right. Yep. On one night, Han recalled he stopped 36. This is crazy. Yes. On one night, Han recalled he stopped 36 square dancing troops. They're really everywhere. Okay. Okay. In videos provided by him, square dancers looked confused as their music abruptly stopped and went to check on the speakers. Han said no one realized he was the mastermind behind the breakdowns. He says, I was upholding justice. Well, come on, Han. Uh, yeah, relax. <laughs> relax, Han. Dial it you back. just hate dancing. Exactly. You don't relax. want grandmas to have fun. This isn't Han. upholding justice, all right? Chill the F out, Han. You're not that great. <laughs> Uh, and then this is basically, so then he start he made, he handmade it. I, I won't read the rest of it. He handmade it. Uh, and now he sells it. So now he is a businessman and he's 19, uh, he's 19 He's going to do well. He's going to make a lot of money. Yes. I, so, um, first off, what an amazing, what an amazing trend that we have no awareness of. Whatsoever. No idea. Um, I remember my brother got oh me boy. a... A very similar device uh-huh. for turning off televisions. <laughs> Incredible. He bought it for me and gave it to me. And because I hate, it's, this is when I was like 23. Mm-hmm. And um, you had a lot of attitude back then. I had a, you had I was, stronger takes back then. I had very strong takes. I mm-hmm. was a bit of a brat. Um, And one thing that I hated was TVs on at bars. Yes, you did. When Uh, I first met you, when you were my (laughs) improv teacher, you were like, let's not go to that bar. They have TVs. You would like it furious. This is a true Kurt moment. Furious. Um, And I'm not talking about if there's like a big game on and everybody's there. I mean, now, now. Back then, probably, I still dislike it, even if there's a big game mm-hmm. on. But I'm not talking about uh, when there's a big game, everyone's uh, gathered communally to watch it. I'm just talking about there's just eight TVs, and they're just on. 
I agree with you. They're just on. No one's watching them. Muted. They're muted and on and like playing just your, some bullshit. Yeah. Because your it. eyes can't stop going to it. We exactly. are, we are, our monkey brains go to. I'm looking at the glowing box, no matter what. So you're looking over each other's shoulders annoyingly the entire time. The whole time, and it just like yeah, it, I'm it, with you. It interrupts, uh, like com, you know, a communal bonding experience, which is what the tavern is supposed to be. So anyway, I would, <laughs> I, I would go into these fucking bars yes, and then sir. just sit there with my little remote it was like the size of it, it was a keychain and just sit there and then i would just hit a button and basically what it did was it went through all of the channels mm-hmm. the radio channels that they could possibly be and send the off signal so it took about you know 15 seconds for it to like shuffle through whatever the million channels there are and it would go and you could just watch them go bink 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 and they would all shut off and then of course it's just like a fucking bartender who's, you know, fucking... Has to do more work. Exactly. He just has to do more work, you know. Right. But at the time, I thought it was so cool. I yeah. Was a, I was a well, piece of shit. I think it's cool. I mean, like, there were always kids in the in the 80s and 90s that had those Casio watches that could control the TV. So when the teacher would push in the TV with the VHS, they could, like, fast forward and pause it. What? That was like a... Oh, yeah. There was a watch made by Casio oh that God. had a remote control built in. And it was always like the kid that was good at math and bad at everything else. And he, they could, or he or she, it's usually a nerdy dude, um, would like turn the TV on and off, pause it, just drive those, those overpaid substitute teachers, uh, make their lives hell. Oh my God. I had no idea that that, that is like, I yeah, love. Yeah, you can get them. Yeah. They're still for sale. Really? Um, yeah. What one. do you think in 50 years yeah. will be the thing that we look at right now that seems absolutely insane, that it exists right now? Hmm. Oh, that's a good question. Um... There's a lot of things because, I mean, honestly, it's most the way things are speeding up 50 years from now, almost everything we're doing now is going to seem insane. Yeah. Um, I feel like the idea of like uh, that your phone, like that not everything is smart, that you literally just have one thing and then you just keep going and plugging it into other things. Plugging like stuff is a good one. Like you take your phone and you plug it into your car so that your car has the things that your phone had. Then you bring your phone home and you plug it in so that you can play music or yep. you, you know, it's like this constant, like plugging in stuff. I think yes. is going to kind of probably seem crazy that, or we're going to find out that microwaves are can, cause all the cancer and wow. be like, you, you had a cancer box in your every, every place had yeah. a cancer box. Yeah. yeah. I made popcorn with it all the time. I would stare. It's at head level and I would <laughs> stare and watch it as it cooks. Yeah, I don't like my spaghetti all the way warm. I like it a little cold in the middle. And then I stand and eat it and burn my mouth and look like a sad man. I like I when one part is 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 uh, molten lava hot. <laughs> and the other part is actually still frozen. Yeah, that's what I like. And then I would stare at it and eat right in front of the open door using the light from the box to illuminate my binge eating. What do you think it is? Jiffy Lube. Oh, yeah. Yep. I think oil oh, changes yeah. are, are in be... 50 years because yes. like, you have an electric car. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get an oil change, right? No. no. The exactly. only thing you have to do is change the cabin filter. That's the exactly. only thing. Exactly. Yeah. So in 50 years, they're going to be like, so wait a second. There was a place <laughs> and you had to lube your car called Jiffy Lube. And they're like, and you drove in and then they unscrewed a thing and just liquid poured out and you poured more <laughs> liquid in. Oh, what was that liquid made out of? Dead dinosaurs from millions of years ago. 
It's going to every time I pass uh, the Jiffy Lube now, and because all the car companies are like, we're going electric, we're going electric. Like even Ford yeah. F one fifties are going electric, and it's like we're going to look back at this time and be like, you greasy, oily <laughs> pigs, what were you doing? And also, Jiffy Lube is such a like just right on the borderline of being uh, like a pornographic word. I, Absolutely, I remember I when I was. I'm thinking I was five. Oh, I was definitely that. five. Okay. Um, and I had a babysitter mm-hmm. that I loved because she was like, she. I mean, I, I can't imagine she was more than twelve. Okay. Um, but she would like let me stay up late. She would let me eat whatever I wanted. Like, and then also I would just ask her to tell me like all the bad words that she knew, <laughs> and then she would just list them for me. The best. Like it was amazing. Like she yes. just didn't give a shit. And uh, and so she, and I remember just being like, "Tell me all the bad words," and she would be like, "Lube job, <laughs> lube job." <laughs> <laughs> all of her bad words. And that's why I'm assuming she was 12, because I remember like, yeah. "Lube job" was a bad word. I still don't know what word. that means. I think it's cunnilingus. Uh, that's oh. what it was. Well, um, then I do know what. <laughs> <laughs> um, lube job, uh, submarining, which I still don't know what that was. Neither. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And then like the, oh, the classics, man. the classics like shit, cock, butt, ass. Um, but I just always remember like lube job and submarining. Um, but I got her to write me a love note. Have I ever told told the story on bananas? No, not that. In I don't kindergarten? think so. Let's go if it's for a it. repeat, I, what am I going to do? Deal with it. Yeah. So uh, she asked me, she was like, do you have any, she, again, she was just like a probably a 12-year-old pubescent or prepubescent girl who yep. just was probably thinking about this stuff herself. So she asked me, Absolutely. like, do you have any crushes on anybody in oh, school? That's cute. And I was like, yes, I have a crush. I have crushes on three girls, I said. Mm. Mm-hmm. And for a five-year-old, that's a lot, a little perv. And uh, and she's like, well, you should write them a love note. And I was like, that's a great idea. And I was yes. like, but I don't know how to write yet. <laughs> <laughs> great idea. Let me go get the typewriter. You dictate. <laughs> And she's like, well, I can help you. And I was like, all right. Again, this is like the weirdest agreement. No, I think this is sweet. I think this sweet. doesn't sound that weird. I had an older sister. I, this all checks out for me. All right. Well, check it out. Check out what happens. Uh, so we sit down and she's like, uh, you know, what do you want the love note to say? I was like, I don't know. I like you. I've never written a love note. This is my first <laughs> love note, you know. So she writes, she writes a full page. Okay. A full page of stuff, but I don't. I, I'm at five. I, I can't imagine. Maybe I couldn't read at five. Maybe I was learning to read at five. I mean, Olive's been reading way before that, but maybe sure. I could read. I can't remember. Oh yeah. But she writes all this stuff, and I'm unaware of what it says. She writes three of them, full page of just a bunch of stuff. You had the time. She folds it all up, like mm-hmm. in this very specific way, the way only like a twelve year old girl can. Yep. And gives me the notes, labels them, gives them the notes. And then I go to school, and at the end of school, I find the three girls that I have a crush on, again, other five-year-old girls, and give them each a love note. Okay. And two of them could read and read it. The third. Sounds good to me. Could not read yet, so brought it home and gave it to her mom to read. (laughs) Because she's five, of course she's going to do that. And in the note, this lunatic had written 
stuff like "I want to take you to bed," and again, ri- oh boy, written in a way that like oh boy, where like they don't necessarily understand what it means, but they've maybe seen other things that reference you know sex or something like that. So it was yes. a pretty risque love note saying that I wanted to take these five year old girls to bed as a five year old, guys. Uh, and so then the next day, I am brought in. At like this is the only like I'm just brought into the principal's office. Of course my mom you were. Is like called in. And yeah. They're like, who wrote these notes? And my mom was like, Oh my god. Uh, yeah. I threw that babysitter under the bus real hard, real fast, right there. I um, bet you did. And then I was very upset. Obviously, we were all in trouble. Uh, and then I got a lollipop. I remember at the end because I was five. I remember yes, getting the lollipop. At the end. I was a child. Um, but this, what a weird, what a weird, what a weird time. Oh what a my strange, gosh. weird time. That is the strangest and weirdest time. But you were a good kid. I love that stuff. Also, back then, before word processors, before computers, before texting, yeah. before, it was like you wrote notes, you passed notes. Yeah. I, like Somebody asked me once, do you have any of the notes you passed in high school? And I was like, I do not. And then I went back to my parents' house and they had like a... Um, like an old trunk that I used to have and I like went through it and there was like a box of high school notes passed oh. from girlfriends yeah. and friends and the funniest was like all I didn't really clock it at the time because it was normal but like all the you know girls I dated in high school would like draw little palm trees on the notes all the time they were very good at drawing little palm yes. trees or a single eye a very detailed eye with eyelashes <laughs> just it was all the little doodles that I was like yeah. probably too revved up to really pay attention to, but I hope I hope they're all still out there drawing palm trees and <laughs> single eyes. Get Nothing creepy about one eye looking at you and algebra one. It's so much fun to find that box. My box is right here. This is this uh this toolbox is just filled with notes from high school. That's um, funny. But it's still also because I was a strange child, obviously. Um, I like smoked a pipe for a little while. <laughs> And so it also <laughs> I mean, come on, sure. It also, sure. <laughs> it also smells like pipe tobacco because I would hide my notes and my pipe tobacco in that box. Oh, best smell in the world. I love it pipe is tobacco. The best smell. Like if you get a dark cherry pipe mm. tobacco, oh mm. God, it smells good. It does. Um, all right, I'll tease us into a little break. How about that? All right, we're just one story, and we're at a break time. Now that's a good episode. Because we're having fun. Melinda Walker. Great name for anybody, Melinda Walker. Melinda Walker fights off intruders with Guitar Hero controller. (gasps) Whoa. 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 That's some, like, uh, naked kill stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. I'm excited to get into that right after we come back on this episode of... Welcome back to Bananas. We're back on Bananas. Do you have any banana mail this week? Anything come in? I didn't see a ton. One thing uh, that's funny that I'll mention okay. is uh, on Saturday, I took the kids to a, uh, 
pumpkin patch slash petting great. zoo slash inflatable playground. Great. Which I was like, oh, this is going to be great. This will kill some time. But instead was just one meltdown after another. Of course. And then uh, after they melted down because they had to leave, we went to this place called the Oinkster on e- an Eagle Rock. Love Rock. Oinkster. So good. And uh, pull in. They're going to get a treat. They're going to get French fries and stuff. Still, everyone's having a meltdown. We're at a table. <laughs> everyone's screaming. I, I look like the absolute worst parent in the world. And then someone's like, are you Kurt? And she's like, I'm a banana mole. No from, way. From Utah. Okay. From Utah. So I want to give a shout out to Amber Lee, who uh, saw me just yell, just screaming at my children. <laughs> Love that. Outside at the Oinkster. Just happened to be in town uh, with her partner from, uh, from Utah and just happened to hear me yell, Olive! <laughs> recognize my voice yes so uh, well, that's that good i thought was uh was nice anyway we love bananas in the wild we love them yeah um i really only have two one is we have a banana named chris tiger it seems like real name chris is having some serious back issues these days we i sent him a postcard on our behalf but we're going to send him a little gift box and stuff chris feel better buddy i hope you heal quick i know you're going through hell everybody every adult knows that Back stuff, yep. teeth stuff, and feet stuff. If you have those yep. three things going on, your life is a living hell. So mm-hmm. we're sending you truly all the best wishes. And if your name really is Chris Tiger, you have one of the coolest names ever. Hands down. And then just got to say thanks to my my buddy boy, Blake Anderson. Uh, yep. He gave me a Savannah Bananas jersey. A lot of you DM us and send us Savannah good. Bananas stuff. Yeah. And uh, we love the Savannah Bananas baseball team in Savannah, Georgia. They yeah, sent us some beer once, and we're going to go. It's the only sports team Kurt and I definitely love. Um, <laughs> we love what you're doing, so thank you, Blake, for the jersey. I'll probably wear it at one of the tour dates. Yeah. And that is it for Banana Mail for me. All right. And I, speaking of what we're wearing at the live shows, I got my yellow suit in the mail and it is made of plastic so <laughs> you're gonna be cooking it's gonna look weird and crinkly um, but hey it's there so I give me the story it. okay melinda walker fights off intruders with guitar hero controller this was sent in by crutch wheels this was on huffpo but no writer so we'll just say huffington post Okay. Media missed in the biz. Now that's a guitar hero. Melinda Walker of Fort Wayne, <laughs> Indiana. Fort Wayne, Indiana. We're going there yeah, on our we're tour. We're going there. Actually, let's get Melinda Walker out there. Mm-hmm. Was home with her five-year-old grandson Sunday when three oh, men wow. barged in and demanded she give them cash and the TV, W-A-N-E oh. reported. Oh. That is terrifying. We are not for it. We're not for it. Don't dump feces on people. Don't scare grannies. Mm-mm. This again, you, we're 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 pro granny across the board. Okay, absolutely. No home invasions. No, no dumping feces on them. Those no, are the rules. Thank you. Guys. Unless you're in Frankfurt. Sorry, Germany. The intruders told her they had a gun, but Walker says she couldn't see one. I like where this is going already. Man, wow. A Guitar Hero video game controller was lying on the floor, and I just reached down and picked it up and told him to get the hell out of my house. Get the hell out of my house. Get out of my house. I just kept smacking one of them. I mean. This is amazing. We are not for assault, but we are for defending your house with a guitar. Uh, <laughs> with walk- a plastic guitar that's like yeah. the size of your ha- like a forearm. I bet you could get some serious velocity on that thing. Yeah. 
Walker then said she pushed the one that wouldn't shut up <laughs> down the <laughs> stairs. Wow. We We love Melinda Walker so much. Oh, my God. Eventually, the trio, who she estimates were between 15 and 21, teenagers are the worst, uh, fled without taking anything. The woman says that one time in the past, robbers had made off with her flat screen TV, but she was just not going to let it happen again. Quote, I might not be a strong woman. I might not be a well woman, but you're not going to get my stuff. End quote. Wow. Walker isn't the only brave lady to thwart would-be robbers recently. On Monday, 96-year-old grocery store worker Margarita Wolf, another great My name. God, that's an amazing name. Margarita I name, Wolf. I mean, I want a, a, just a plaza to be named after her. No joke. Well, they should do it because she came face-to-face with a knife-wielding man who demanded cash, and she said... No. I said, you're not opening that register, and that's it. I'm not opening it either. I said, you can have all the Tootsie Rolls you want, but I'm not opening that (laughs) cash register. The would-be robber left. So shout out to Margarita Wolf. Shout out to Melinda Walker for standing up and defending yourself. It's amazing. Oh, man. It made me so happy. Margarita Wolf. Oh, my God. Margarita Wolf. Also, at the same time, I would immediately let them take the register. <laughs> yes, we're cowards. They're a lot uh, tougher yeah. than we I would are. be like, uh, oh, the store's register? Not my? Yeah, go ahead, please. please um, I also that. love the line, you can have all the Tootsie Rolls you want. That oh is a God. great line for almost anything. Like, for, Yes. Like, hey, you want to step outside? You go, no, but you can have all the Tootsie Rolls you want, and then just <laughs> walk away. <laughs> They will think about it for years and years to come. You will haunt them. <laughs> oh my God! I have, I, I have. Thank God. Oh, I, you know what? I have been. I'm just. I was gonna say. I've, I've never had to defend myself um, in a, in a mugging or something. But I have. It's I have. Cuffs. Because I've lived in Baltimore. Of course you did. You never. Yeah. I, I think I've told. I've told the story. I think. Well, didn't on the you? Pod. You did. But you, you fought a DJ, didn't you, or something? Wasn't that something? <laughs> that was ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> that was. I don't even understand how that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a. It was a late at night. I have a whole. I won't like go into the whole thing because it's online. If you want to go see it, uh, I think it's called Kurt fights a DJ. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's my only bar fight ever. Yeah. It was with a with a DJ after a show, and I don't even know how the fight started or why it happened. I, of course like, not. I'm unaware, but it well, happened outside I've, on the side. It's not your fault. I've been around you a lot of times in all versions of Kurt, and I've never seen you aggressively go after anybody. We no, we mind our own business. We create our own dumb fun. We don't go looking yeah. for bad fun. Um. So, yes. Oh boy, I mm-hmm. I've had this one in my little Mint Mobile notebook that they yes. gave us day one. I'm oh, excited. Boy. I'm excited. So in like 2000. Let's say eight. I I had lived in Pensacola 2000. I've mentioned that before in 2001. So I hadn't been back in like six or seven years. I, I reached out to some friends and I went down for one of those visits that when you kind of go back to a place you used to live, you reach out to the four or five people that were your yeah. closest friends. You know, maybe I was going to buy some bushwhackers and kind of one-on-one was just going to check in on everybody and mm-hmm. be like, how you doing? How's the family? Whatever. Like, did you switch jobs? Are you still So this is tables? seven years after you lived Seven there. years after All I'd right. seen any of these people. And, you know, a little bit before social media and smartphones, too. Like, we all kind of had that mm-hmm. stuff, but it just we were reconnecting. I was really looking forward to it. So the last person who was the most enthusiastic person, who wanted to hang out with me the most, um, was like, 
dude, I live here now uh, in this apartment complex. I would love to see you come over. I, I think it was, I think it was Friday night. Um, and I'm gonna call this dude um, Stan. Okay, right. we're gonna call him Stan. Not real name. He was a Stan of hanging out, and he was Stan. And we're calling him Stan. Uh, and so. He's the last night. I'm going to fly out the next day. But he is, like, pumped. He's like, this is incredible. He's like, I'm so happy to see you, dude. I talk about you all the time. I'm having a couple friends over. Every Friday night we do this. So, like, we we have a hang. Uh, we're all divorced dudes. And so all these guys are 26, 27 divorced what? dudes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. Wow. You know, they get married it a little earlier early. down there. Happens yeah. earlier. Okay. Um. Yeah, all from the deep south, all live in Pensacola Beach now. So I show up, you know, at like six. And when Stan opens the door, he is just sweaty as sweaty can be. And I look behind him and they are playing uh, that game Rock Band. Remember that game where it was like a guitar, a drum Mm -hmm. and then a mic. And he's like, come on in. He's like, we do this. (laughs) We're like a band. He's like, we're a, we're a band. And I'm like, oh, okay. Of, of tapping, of yeah. tapping. Yeah, we're really good at tapping and drumming. And I meet the other two guys. One's named Frank. One's nickname was Hasselhoff. Those are real. <laughs> n- none of these three people listen to the podcast. I've, lo- I've since lost touch with all of these people. Yeah. So, so, But he was like, bud, it's so good to see you. Huge, sweaty. Oh, he's shirtless, too. He's shirtless and sweating. And he gives me this big hug, like picks me up. He's like, it's so good to see you. I'm Aww. like, see, so I'm wet now. And uh-huh. so we're, we go in. Friday night, this is what they do. They play rock band for hours and hours. They've been practicing. This is like week six. They want to show off. One of them sings kind of bad, but he is hitting these weird notes. <laughs> so they're like, do you want to sing, dude? And for anybody that knows me is I can, I can talk sing in a real deep voice, like, uh, but not well in any other voice. So I was like, dude, I'll just watch, bud. He's like, here, grab a beer. So I'm watching three grown men and, and having conversations in between songs, and they're getting pumped, and they're singing like Leonard Skinner or something, and he stop and just casually Stan and Hasselhoff walk over to the corner of the living room, and and uh, <laughs> almost said his real name, Stan pulls down his pants, does a headstand, and Hasselhoff pours uh, Jägermeister into a small funnel up his butt. Or down his butt, I guess, because he was doing a headstand. What? Then they wait, wait, wait. Crack up laughing. Uh, yeah, he walks were, over to the corner. He was, pulls. Okay, pull, so yeah, he pulls, pulls his, his pants. pants down. Yeah, facing totally, the corner. He, oh, he always oh, facing the corner, so his yeah. butt is exposed. Yes. Then and he then, does a headstand. And does a headstand, well, which is not also incredible. It's not easy to do a headstand either. Yep. Handstand. And, and then Hasselhoff, not his real name, just his nickname. I don't Puts know Puts a why. funnel up his asshole. Well, yeah, or down, depending or on down. the gravity. And then right. pours a pretty solid amount of Jägermeister in there. Like, I would say wow, probably a rocks glass size of Jäger uh, all the way down. Very cold. <laughs> frosty bottle. Then they, he comes back down, he kind of pulls his pants up, and then they continue playing rock band. Nobody says anything. Nobody, I'm talking to Frank, no, just like, no. and he's like, oh, yeah, dude, so how's Brooklyn? Oh, that's cool. I saw you were doing blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm like, yeah, he's like, oh, I've never been up there. What's it like? Uh, you know, whatever. So then they keep going. They alternate taking, playing songs, and then doing headstands and pouring Jaeger in each other's butts for about four hours. <laughs> no way. Now, there are people that listen to this podcast that I'm sure have uh, done this. Butt chugged. Butt chugged. 
Uh, it is the drunkest I've ever seen any four people, and so the quality of the rock band performances <laughs> is going down so severely. Uh, Stan, the, so I'm like, hey, I'm going to go. He's like, you're not going. He's like, you are not going. Like, he's so drunk. He's like, uh-huh. we didn't even get to talk. I'm like, dude, they're knocking over their own equipment. Uh-huh. Uh, Stan eventually trips over his open washing uh, dishwasher and breaks uh-huh. the glass in his hand, and then he's bleeding. No. And I'm like, oh, no. Hey, dude. And so now they're out of Jaeger. It's all up their butts. Um, they're, it, it was almost like watching robots running out of batteries, but then just stumbling around. And I wanted to go now for two hours. Yeah. And so they are like, dude, you got to sing. You got to be in. And I'm like, I'm not, guys, I got to go. And they're like, come on. And I'm like, I haven't even seen you guys like nail one of these yet. Like, I like messed with their egos enough. And they're like, what? And so they put on, this is the, Last time I've seen Stan, by the way, this was my uh-huh. last memory of this man. They go play that one. They do the Go Go's. We got the beat uh-huh. so drunkenly that I snuck out while they were playing, no ran to my rental car, and drove Whoa. away. Like I Whoa. like closed the door slowly, oh and they're God. just going. We got the beat. We got the. They're singing in unison. It was oh. one of the strangest oh my nights. God, he's never reached out. He like I used to have Facebook and stuff. He never said hey. And then one time he called me once. He's like, I'm driving across Texas. I'm thinking about you, dude. But it was. It, I've never felt it must be what Jane Goodall felt the first time she went out in the jungle with the gorillas it, and to them this was Friday night in Pensacola which I should title a movie Friday night in Pensacola oh but my yeah god it's the only time I've ever seen it I've heard other people say they've done it I've seen people leave the room and say they've done it but to watch time a, out. a friend you've seen people leave a room and then come back and been like I just butt chugged Jägermeister? Yeah, they're saying like we're we're shoving stuff up our butts and we're like pouring stuff up our butts. The red house in New Orleans, <laughs> where you and I went to the treehouse of death, I, somebody yeah. went to the bathroom and then came out and was like, "Just let me know if my butt's leaking." And I was like, "Oh, I thought they had sex or something." I was like, "Oh, what's going on?" And then they were like, "Yeah, we just poured airplane bottles up our butts." And I'm like, "All right." I mean, like that's I'm, I, I'm so I guess I guess it. <laughs> Does it get you more drunk? Also, what? Why? Apparently it does. But I so, mean okay. I, I mean guess so. They were the they were the motley crew of two thousand eight Pensacola <laughs> Beach off Spanish Trail Road or wherever we were, but it was it was so jarring, like I froze, and then I had to act like I was cool with it, and then I'm thinking like And so I don't no know. one ever you didn't you didn't bring it up. You weren't just like, Oh hey, are you guys Pour, I noticed you seem to be pouring Jägermeister up your balls. I did say to them, oh, you I did. was like, yeah, of course, because I also <laughs> okay, I, had to okay, see, okay. I had to see all their balls and wieners and stuff, yeah, and I'm yeah, like yeah. not into that. And so I was like, I was like, so is this just a, your guys' thing? You just do this? And they were like, it's crazy. It gets you so messed up. And then they play like Them Bones by Allison Chains and keep going. <laughs> I really felt like they got to a level of drunk where not only were they blackout, but they really believed they were in a band. And I think that was the appeal of the whole thing. Right, 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 right. Yeah, and that's why he never reached out. He was just like, Scotty and I had a great night last night. Yeah. And like, it's there's no, at some point, he browned out moments after you arrived and yeah. then was completely gone by the time you left. Yeah, and I didn't do it. They didn't, And they didn't ask me if I wanted to try it. And also, they didn't ask me if I wanted a shot of Jägermeister, which is also funny, because they could have been like, you want a shot? And I would be like, no! 
<laughs> no! But literally falling over, playing rock band, and then scream singing, <laughs> we got the beat. I mean, the neighbors must have lost their minds. But oh. I knew it was time to go when he fell over his own open dishwasher and broke his hand on a pint glass. At that point, you're just like, this is going to end with all of us dying. Yeah. We're all going to yeah. die. What wow. a way to go. Wow. It does feel like you entered a, a, a layover stop, yeah. you know, in, in like the uh, in the underworld. Yeah. Like uh, a version like, <laughs> you know, like you yeah. got off the, the boat that Chiron uh, yeah. drives into the underworld. It was like part of Pan's Labyrinth. You got, I like yeah, you got off kind of an early room before hell. It's not, her, it's not purgatory and it's not hell. It's just this other room where those guys do that in for infinity. Yeah, and you know, find what you love and let it kill you. Right? It was, yeah. um, it was beautiful. It w- it was the symphony of life, Kurt. Yeah, beautiful, beautiful. Are you guys, you ready for another one? God, switch it up, change lanes for us. Ontario woman wakes to meteorite landing on her pillow. Yes, I I also was going to do this one. Incredible yes. story sent in by so many great animals. Who you got? So many. Uh, I. I have Deanna Bigstone uh, as Great name too. sending it in uh, to me first. Who do you have, Scotty? Mm, I got to I got to scroll because I had okay. a bunch. But um, da, 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 da. you go, you uh, go. This is this was published in UPI. I'm I'm, I'm actually enjoying. I searched. This is this was uh, reported by many many news outlets. UPI tends to have the best uh, headlines. Yeah. It's it's UPI or Daily Mail. Daily Mail has great headlines. But physically operating on the Daily Mail's website Boy, is bad. so difficult. There's every there's like 800 boxes that continually pop up yeah. and move while you scroll. It's as if they don't want yes. you reading news in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> they don't. They actively prevent you from reading. Um, this was uh, in the UPI written by Ben Hooper. Uh, here it is. A British Columbia woman received an unusual rude awakening when a meteorite crashed through her roof and landed on her pillow. Ruth Hamilton said she was asleep at her golden home. Golden must be a town. Uh, I don't think he's just describing her home as golden. When she became vaguely aware of her dog barking in the house. The next thing was just a huge explosion and debris all over my face, Hamilton told CBC News. Hamilton said she got out of bed and turned on the lights, revealing something had punched a hole in her ceiling. I didn't know what else to do, so I called 911. Talking to the operator, she was asking me all kinds of questions, and at that point, I rolled back one of the two pillows I'd been sleeping on. Insane. And in between them was the meteorite. Insane. It's so crazy. Hamilton said the melon-sized space rock. This isn't a little... It was big. Meteorite. This is a melon. It's like a cantaloupe-sized yeah, space rock. It's going to kill had her. just landed just inches from her head. Mm. I mean, when you're not like... Sometimes deaths are so absurd, you're like, that, that was the way the person was supposed to go. Do you Absolutely. know what I mean? And, but when something like this happens, it's like, you have something to do. Mm-hmm. The universe has spared you for a reason. That's a right. A meteorite for... Could tra- traveling millions of miles happen to land an inch from your head? That's amazing. Yeah, I wonder if she had like a recent breakup too. Like, I wonder if the day before, oh, like her whoa. partner was laying there, and he's like, "You know what? This just isn't right. I don't feel it anymore." And she's That's sleeping amazing. alone. She has her hand on the cold side of the bed, uh-huh. and then that happens, and you're like, "The, the right choice was made." Uh huh. A police officer came to Hamilton's home, and they initially suspected the rock may have been the result of construction at the nearby kicking nearby kicking horse canyon. 
but they called there, and there was no uh, we dynamite or whatever. To see yeah, if they were doing any blasting, and they weren't. But they did say they had seen a bright light in the sky that uh, that had exploded and caused some booms. Oh, Hamilton they did see that. The Victoria yeah. News just swept that under the rug. Yeah, experts at Western University in London, Ontario, confirmed the rock that landed in Hamilton's, Hamilton's bed was indeed a meteorite. It certainly is a meteorite, said Peter Brown. <laughs> Boom, coming in hard. Got him! <laughs> <laughs> a professor with the university's physics and astronomy department. Everything about the story was consistent with the meteorite fall, <laughs> meaning it came from the sky. And the fact that this bright fireball had occurred basically right at the same time. So cool. Pretty overwhelming this is amazing. Case. It's amazing. It's amazing. Hamilton said the experience has given her a new perspective on life. Quote, the only thing I can think of saying is life is precious and it could be gone at any moment, even when you think you are safe and secure in your bed. She said, I hope I never take it for granted again. Hamilton coming away with the right lesson mm-hmm. from a meteorite. And she gets to keep it. She gets to keep it. That's meteorite. the main question. All the bananas are screaming yes. at their stereos. And awesome. You get to keep a meteorite? That is that the almost coolest almost killed thing. you? Yes. I would make... I would redesign my house yes. to have the meteorite be the focus of the house. Absolutely. I would name it Chunky. I would introduce people. They could take pictures with it for $2. <laughs> so I'm like, come on in. Sit with Chunky. Ask it a question. It knows things. <laughs> I, I love a, her. I used to have a, a joke early on, which was um, uh, different facts about dolphins. And it was, um, uh, what? Oh. The Americans sent the first dolphin to space in 1967. His name was Spacey and died instantly. <laughs> the Russians sent a dolphin to space in 1971. His name was Space Chick. He also died instantly. <laughs> yeah. Dolphins Spacey space. and Chunky. Spacey uh, and Chunky. Mm-mm-mm-mm. That's a... Uh... Yeah. That is a weird one, but man, you're right. She should have been on the first place, uh, first plane to Biloxi, Mississippi, into yeah. the Beau Rivage. She should have put it all on her lucky number on the roulette wheel. That is the true lottery of life. That's the lottery of the universe, really. It is. I mean, it's uh, it's beautiful. I mean, it just reminds you that uh, the universe is a strange and wonderful place when a rock from the asteroid belt. It's so cool. just happens to get a little loose oh, yeah. and because it wants to snuggle. I it dated, wants to get in bed with you. <laughs> yeah. I dated a sleep talker. You know, like there are a lot of people oh, talking wow. in their sleep, but I, I, I dated one for a woman for a couple of years who talked pretty regularly in her sleep, enough where you could interact with her too, or she would Whoa, be like... For real? Yeah, it would be like, you're not going behind that building. And then I would be like, well, what if I do? And then she'd be like, oh, come on, and go to sleep again. And it was always stuff like, or it would be like, it would be like, hey, I think the boat left. And you'd be like, did the boat leave? Were we supposed to be on it? And then it would be like a total pivot. And it would be like, some days you just got to get up. And you're like, what? Oh, I'm like, are you awake right now? And then just asleep. But one night, and I, I, I don't think I talked about this one on the podcast. She, I wake up and I feel like her hand on my stomach, which is not, you know, wasn't weird for us or for any couple, really. That's a very yeah. natural way to be. But then I felt her like fingers turn into like a little fist. And then oh, I felt no. the fist rise up my belly and up my chest and up my chin and then just push my chin up like like the world's most subtle punch. Not a real punch, just like dragging it up, tilting my head up. And I'm like, honey. And she's like, 
I'm like, are you punching me in the face? And she doesn't say anything. And then like about an hour later, she starts talking and she's really talking. And I'm, I'm responding to her and she's, I, I can't remember something about a rope, but I can't remember what it was. And then finally I go, well, okay, we can deal with that tomorrow. And she sits straight up in bed and she goes, stop trying to make my friends relevant and then lays back down <laughs> what so she's she sat up sat up like paranormal activity scared the bejesus out of me and i'm like whoa <laughs> stop trying to make my friends relevant but screamed it slowly and like whatever that's called staccato or whatever yeah 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 and I just go, okay, and she just goes back to sleep. So in the morning, I'm like, so you slow punched me in your sleep, and then you yelled, stop trying to make your friends relevant. And she goes, really? She goes, I was dreaming about my friends. I was like, were we fighting in your dream? She goes, I don't think so. It, to this day, it's the weirdest thing that's ever happened to me in, in bed. And that's saying something. But yeah, it, it always cracks me up. I haven't seen her in 10 years either. But I, one time I did text her that. She was like, that's so funny. I still have no idea what I was dreaming. Oh, my God, that's so funny. And I can't wait after this is over to find out which one it was. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, man, I got great. one for you. Give it to me. Well, we're about ready to wrap it up tight. This is a good mm-hmm. one to go out on. This is fun. Uh, I think I found this one. This is an right. oldie but a goodie, and I think we should, we should burn it. This is from AB. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I take that back. It's from Kitchy Lady Krista. I had it saved somewhere else. Thank you, Kitchy Lady Krista. I hope you still listen to the podcast. (laughs) It's been months. Um, Cats have been put out by their owners being home more during lockdown. Recent study finds. So this was. Give 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 it to me again. Cats have been, quote, put out. By their owners being home more during lockdown. So oh, I see. Cats Put out meaning hate their owners not, is what we're... Yeah so, it. Okay. It is, yeah, so ABC Far North, which is a thing. ABC Far North? It's called ABC Far North. Is it from Alaska? I think it's from is England. Is Alaska Possibly it Australia? Must be, it must be the UK, because put out, using put out that way. Mm-hmm. Especially it's, when you're referring to a cat who could be put out of the house. Yes, very common <laughs> it's very here. very confusing. Very common here. Uh, a trope of animated TV series. Put the cat outside, he makes a face, we all laugh. Uh, written by <laughs> Jemima Burt and Adam Steven, the best in oh. the frickin' business. God damn, those are good names. Jim, yeah, Jemima Burt, Adam Steven for ABC Far North. That that duo, that team, simply the best in the biz. I think uh, while we read this, we're going to find out why there couldn't have just been one author. We're going to hear why this was a, a tag team effort. Okay. All right. About 100% of respondents who own dogs reported their pets were extremely happy to see them every day, but only about half of cat owners felt that was the case. <laughs> if you suspected your feline friend was giving you the cold shoulder during, I'm going to call it the Great Quar, they had the pandemic, you are not alone. A new study by James Cook University has found that half of cat owners reported feeling their cats were, quote, put out, end quote, (laughs) by their increased presence during the Great Quar. The study surveyed 400 people living alone during lockdown and looked into their pet ownership interactions with reports of uh, levels of mindfulness, depression, and anxiety. It found simply having a dog was enough to improve owners' moods, but cats did not necessarily mirror their owners' affections. (laughs) 
So, so wait, did it? Wait, wait, wait. So wait, having a dog was enough to improve your mood. Yes, but it did, did make you happy. Was having was having a cat enough to improve your mood? No, they do no. not mirror your affections enough to improve your happiness. Wow. Okay. The study was led by lecturer Dr. Jessica Oliver, who said lockdown was one of the first times pet owners had the chance to fully experience what a day in the life of their pets was like. That's interesting. I mean, Zelda must have had some some weird vibes having the whole fam around. No, she was. I mean, like, because you know, we're always you're artists. Here. Yeah, we, we work at home. So you're artists. That's she's true. just like the most spoiled dog in the world because she just we're somewhere always here with her. According to Doctor Oliver, quote: Our pets usually live in luxurious conditions. They have warm beds. They have toys for entertainment. Jackets. Some have jackets for winter. <laughs> But they do lack certain freedoms that we lost during lockdown. Freedom to come and go as they please. Freedom to socialize. Freedom to exercise is restricted now to about an hour a day. She said dog owners surveyed uh, reported feeling reduced levels of loneliness. Quote, a dog was an excuse for people to go outside and exercise and provided that uh, and provided a routine and was also uh, affording them opportunities to socialize with other dog owners doing the same thing. Quote, we do not see this in cats. <laughs> quote. <laughs> Dr. Oliver said that almost all uh, we got responses that cats were put out by their owners being home all day and invading their space. About 50 percent of cat owners reported their cats were behaving in ways that were interpreted as being offended by their owners all the time. <laughs> I mean, that this is so like funny. This really does sound like a joke article. Whereas, I, I know, there's two people that had to report this. Whereas almost 100% of dog owners, Bob Blah already said it. So yes, 50% of cats hated your guts, but that kind of makes sense. Mm-hmm. 100% of dog owners were happier. So on this podcast, we're animal people. We yeah, like them exactly. all. We, we like have all. one of each. Have five of each. Just feed them and love them and take care of them. Um, the reason I wanted to go back and do this is because I yes. think when you and I were together recently hanging, it was either you or me or somebody else, but anybody, we were talking about pitching TV shows. Mm-hmm. For those who've never done this, which I would guess is most of our audience, pitching TV, so it's a sales pitch. You go into a room. Sometimes you're at a conference table across from television network executives. Sometimes you're in the office of the main executive sitting on a sofa or a love seat or a couple chairs. But basically, you have about 10 to 15 minutes Mm-hmm. to tell them who you are, why you came up with this idea, and why you know what it is. And then you tell them the show title, what it's about, what's going to happen week in and week out, the main characters, the story. Or if it's a reality show, you go, hey, it's called um, How Old Am I? And you go, we march out old people, and you try to guess how old they are. You know, like mm-hmm. you just kind of walk them through the process. So at my first pitch meeting ever was with Comedy Central, and I remember vividly because it was the day that Bubble Boy happened, or Balloon Boy, the guy that said his son was in the hot air balloon that flew away or the weather yeah. balloon. So that so the pitch went really well because we just laughed about it being fake, and uh, the person did not buy it at Comedy Central. My second pitch was with MTV, and um, I had only worked for MTV. I had one TV credit. So I was nervous. I was very well prepared. I go to mm-hmm. Times Square. You remember that building? Mm-hmm. And 1515 Broadway? 1515 Broadway. Uh, many, many times working out of there. Um, and so I go up to about the 40th floor, wherever it is, and I'm waiting, and, and I'm waiting, and I get to go in and pitch to somebody pretty high up, mm-hmm. way higher than I should have been able to get in. And I walk in, and he totally throws me his curveball, and he says, do not pitch me celebrity pets and do not pitch me comedians cooking food <laughs> i was pitching neither 
Which is good. Oh, I was pitching oh, a scripted thing. Oh, my God. Thing. Oh, my God. Imagine if you were pitching those things. Yes, exactly. And I think it's because every comedian that we knew in New York was going in and being like, it's me, it's a cook, it's an emerald, but it's two comedians and we're not good at it, which yeah. has been pitched 10,000 times. Yeah. And I think Oni nailed it is the only thing that's ever gone even remotely well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm trying to be cool, casual, and, and I go, why not celebrity pets? And he goes, I'll tell you why not fucking celebrity pets. <laughs> also, the guy wearing uh, the guy uh, I was pitching to, you've, you used to know him. I won't mention his name. He's no longer there anymore. But he was a very um, dapper dresser. He dressed okay. extremely well, like just high end. I think he was in like seersucker pants and his like seersucker suit. But he was like all I Brooks think, Brothers had to. T- I think I know who we're talking about. Why not? Why not celebrity pets? Just curious. He goes, oh, I'll tell you why. Because two hours ago. I just had to buy a pitch from Mariah Carey. And I go, really? She goes, yeah, Mariah Carey. It's like the least funny person you'll ever meet in your life. I go, well, what'd you have to buy? He goes, well, we just bought a $1 million pilot that was Mariah Carey said, I want to do a show from the point of view of my dogs. I want them to wear little cameras around their collars. And then we voice over them walking around my, you know, four-story penthouse, famous for MTV Cribs, where she gets in the tub wearing only like a little cami or whatever. And he goes, and because it's Mariah fucking Carey, I had to buy a show about cameras on her dogs from the dog's perspective, <laughs> which is amazing. And so, I don't know, we, we ended up selling a show and then we ended up working on Money from Strangers. And so I ran into that SVP again, that senior vice president again. And I go, whatever happened? He goes, oh, we shot it. And it's mostly the bottom of the dog's mouth and head. And then just cameras <laughs> jostling around like it's on a roller coaster. It's the least usable. And then just celebrity feet. It's like, I mean, I guess if there's a foot fetish channel, it'd be great. But it was like, it was literally nothing. And we paid $1 million for it. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So if you're an aspiring TV writer, producer, director, actor, and you get a chance to pitch, just whatever you do, don't follow in Mariah Carey's footsteps. (laughs) (laughs) Don't put cameras on dog collars if you're uber rich and you think that's somehow interesting. And for those of you out there that think I would watch that show... You wouldn't if you probably saw the camera footage, which is just god awful. <laughs> oh man, I've never heard that story before. That was wonderful. Well, we did it, Scotty. We did it. Another, Another bananas. bananas. Woo! Hang it from one. hang it from the rafters. Oh yeah, I agree. That means it was good, right? Yeah, and thank good, you, right? Katie Levine. Thank you, uh, intern Lisa Maggot, and thank you to Exactly Right and our very benevolent overlords, Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstark, who we. We just love them so much. Thank you, guys, and thank you to everyone out there. Go to The Bananas Podcast on Instagram and uh, send us some strange news. Send us a strange news. Send us a strange story from your life. We'll do it on a mini-sode. You got that right. Um, And, you know, rate and review. Why not? It matters. Go to ratebananas.com, R-A-T-E, bananas.com, and it'll take you right there. That's beautiful. Boink, boink, boink. (sighs) Bananas. So, <laughs> This has been an Exactly Right production. Produced and engineered by Katie Levine. Theme music by Kahan. And all of our artwork is done by Travis Millard. You can follow us on Instagram at The Bananas Podcast, where we post stories every day and things that we don't cover on the podcast. 
Listen, subscribe, and please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcast. And if you're interested in advertising on Bananas, please email us at thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. That's thebananaspodcast at gmail.com. 